And I want us to turn to the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis. It means beginning. Turn there quickly as I want to share this word with you today. Lord willing, um, and I haven't, I haven't even shared anything like this in, a long, in many, many months. Uh, because I've, to be honest with you, my Sundays have been so, like God will forecast maybe in my spirit a message. But I used to do series all the time. Um, for years I did series, and I may still, but right now in this season of my life, um, there's not really series, it's just step and trust, step and trust. But Lord willing, next Sunday, I'm going to do a teaching on communion, and we're going to receive communion again uh, next Sunday morning. So I encourage you to be here because communion is so special, and it's such a wonderful time for us to, to unite and remember the, the sacrifice of Jesus. He did pay it all, just like we were singing, He did pay it all. Um, so unless the Lord leads us in a different direction, that's where we'll be next Sunday. And we're open to that. Lord, let your will be done, I ask. Let your word that never returns void just unveil itself today, Lord. That it, it was, it's only veiled, Lord, by the insecurities and the doubts of our heart. So God, correct our heart, analyze us, search us, God. And we thank you. I thank you for moving in this room. I thank you for every person here, every person. They're so valuable. They're so valuable, Lord. And you are doing a great work. Jesus, you're up to something good. And we love you. Amen. Genesis chapter 4, I want to share a message with you called Breaking the Ties. Breaking the Ties. And we're going to begin in verse 1. I want to get right to the word this morning. Look at it with me, if you will, in verse 1. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. And she said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the first fruits. I'm sorry. Cain brought some of the fruits, not first fruits, of the soil as an offering to the Lord. <clears throat> and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions, from some of the firstborn of his flock. So there we see the first fruits. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face became downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right... Will you not be accepted? If, and he says, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door, at your door. It deserves to have you, or desires, sorry, to have you. Um, Lord, thank you for focus this morning. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Verse 8, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field and while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Verse 9, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, listen. Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground 
which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Has anybody ever felt like that? It's more than I can bear. It could be punishment. It could be circumstance. It could be trial, whatever. Yeah. He says, it's more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land. That's one thing. And I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. This was a murder after church. A murder after church. That's sobering to think about, isn't it? You go to church... You worship, you have a good time, and then someone is murdered. Something that actually we've heard about and known of in our society, in our time. The fear, the angst, the anxiety. And we see here in Genesis 4 something unveiling that is now descriptive of what every human being faces when they live, as they live. And that is, they are tied by certain things that try to hold them back. They're tied down. They're held back by certain things. And I want to answer a question this morning out of God's Word. And the question is, is how do we break free from the ties of our past and present struggles? It's very important that I say past and present because the past struggles have a way of hanging on. The present ones that we're going through, we don't sometimes even know we're having them until days down the road, months down the road, maybe even years. And we look back and we say, yeah, I'm, that's, that's a hang-up for me. I'm struggling through that. So how do we break free from the past and present struggles? Well, one of the ways we do that is through faith. Faith in God is what brings freedom and favor from the ties. Now, what is the opposite of favor? Think about that. What would be the antonym of favor? I want to do you a favor. We don't use favor a lot unless it's you want somebody to do something for you. But favor is a huge word, isn't it? If you are favorable to someone, this is where we get the word favorite or favoritism. My favorite food is whatever. My favorite place to eat is my favorite person to be with. You may be with them right now. If you are, squeeze their hand. There you go. So favorite, but favor is so much deeper than just liking something. The opposite of favor is disapproval. And disapproval, no one likes it. And very few people can manage it in their life. 
when, they're disappro- when they have disapproval. Very few can manage it. Cain knew what his duty was. In verse 9, he says, I'm not, am I my brother's keeper? And he asked the question because he is his brother's keeper. Just like Abel was supposed to watch after Cain. He is. This is his duty. And he is indeed his brother's keeper, but because God did not show favor to Cain, Cain disapproved of his brother Abel. He said, I don't approve of you anymore. Not only that, but he said, I don't approve of my duty to you. I feel too obligated to you. I feel too tied by you. Not only that, but he disapproved of God because God's the one who gave him the mandate to keep his brother, and so therefore he disapproved of even God. The lack of favor will cause disapproval to compound in your life. So the question, though, is why didn't God just show Cain some favor? I mean, just help the kid out a little. He's a brat, yes, spooled brat. He threw a a tantrum, went on a field trip that turned into murder. And And now, not only that, but, I mean, he's in huge trouble. He's in big time trouble. And so why didn't God just show him some favor? Well, let's look at that. They brought two offerings. One was a vegetation offering, Cain's. One was a meat offering, Abel. Now, the passage says nothing about this being the first time that they worship the Lord. And I've heard commentators say, well, that's because God is not a vegetarian. He's a meat eater. No. First of all, God's not eating an ounce of what they have to bring. Even in the Levitical setup of the temple, it was the priest who would eat a portion of what was brought as an animal sacrifice. But God did require sacrifice, and before sacrifice, he requires what he always requires. What's, what does God require before sacrifice? Obedience. And so it says nothing about the first time. And so they are bringing this offering before the Lord, and what they're doing is worship, because that's what worship is. It's offering something to God. Worship is an offering. And so... There is one solid explanation as to why God could not have favor on Cain's offering. It is because he did not have faith. He did not have faith. How do you know that? Hebrews 11.4 says, By faith, Abel gave a more acceptable offering to the Lord. Cain did not have faith in God. He did not believe what God was wanting to do in his life. He did not believe, have faith in the relationships that God had established in his life. He was completely against it. There is another purpose that I would propose to you, okay? And this is out of the KVV, Kevin Vogel version. Look at verse 6, if you will, again, there in Genesis 4. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to have you, but you have to rule over it. See, God is giving mercy to Cain right here before the murder happens. His mercy is there to change his heart, and his grace is there to receive the right sacrifice. 
he had a second shot. But instead of taking it at giving an acceptable offering to God, he points it to his brother. He is also giving him a warning saying that sin is crouching at the door. Now, I don't know what image you have when you, when you think about the word crouching. But I think of this sniveling, imp-like, emaciated, golem-looking figure on the other side of my door saying, my precious. I mean, it's just ugly. And that's what he said. There's, you got that crouching at the door. And God says, it's, it's, this is interesting. God said, it desires to have you. Now, sin wanted Cain worse than, Cain worse than Cain wanted God's favor. And when sin wants you more than you want the love of the Lord, it's going to have you. I'm just telling you. It's nothing to be trifled with. It's true. It's a, it sounds cliche, but sin will cost you more than you want to pay. And it will take you further than you want to go. It absolutely will. And we know what the payment of it is. And so, he wanted, he, the, the sin was wanting him, wanting him. Now, now, all he can think about at this time is justice. There needs to be justice for this. This isn't fair. All he can think about is revenge. All he can think about is paying his sorry brother back for making him look a fool at church. How dare he one-up me? How dare that he makes me look like that. I had to go away from church. And God did, God was, oh yeah, he's the favorite child. Mom and dad's always ooing and awing over him. And I brought a full-fledged salad bar to church to offer to God. I even had ranch dressing and cheddar cheese. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what you have to have if, you're, if you have a salad bar. Please have ranch dressing and cheddar cheese on that. No egg. But I'll take pickled okra on the side. That'd be nice. And he had all that, and God says, no. And it's not because God's a vegetarian. It's because God desires uh, obedience, sacrifice. Obedient sacrifice. And so God's telling him, you, you, you've, gotta, you've, you've got to rule over it. Now, this is interesting that God would tell Cain to rule over sin. But this is not God speaking out of both sides of his mouth. God says you've got to rule over it. How does, God, how does Cain rule over the sin? He is saying he knows that he can't do it in his own strength. He's saying, Cain, the way you rule over it is that you get near to me. You rule over sin in the context of I am your relationship. Because when you're in a relationship with someone, and you know how it is. I mean, you get married in that first year. It's like, ooh, they're married and they're in their first year. Because they're just kissing all over each other, you know, and hugging. And everybody else is like, ooh, and they're like, uh-uh, this is all good. You know? But when you're close to that someone like that, and you're affectionate with someone like that, there is no other thought. And Cain, here he is, he is not close to the Lord. And so God is not a part of his affection. It's like James 4 says, if you draw near to God, he promises he will draw near to you. He'll back up his promise. 
He will be near to you. So my second consideration is this. Since sin was already at Cain's door, something needed to die. And a head of lettuce isn't going to cut it. Get it? The price of sin is death. Now, God would have accepted an obedient sacrifice of an animal rather than the most beautiful salad in the world. But instead of the sacrifice of an animal, and instead of an animal's blood spilling, and instead of there being a barbecue, if you will, there was a murder after church. Because he wants to take his brother out. But see, God never, never wanted his people to die due to sin. He never wanted it. What does the most famous verse in the Bible say? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him would not what? God never wants anyone to perish. And perish does not just mean die, by the way. It means to perish, like it's done, like you're beyond dead. And the only way to be beyond dead is to be in eternal death. God never wanted anyone to, to perish, to die, but they do because of rebellion. So what happens when faith is, in God is missing? Here's what happens. The more ties you have, the more sin will control you. I want you to hear that again. The more ties that you have, the more sin will control you. It's like the tie of hate. Okay, now, hate is something that Cain... Look, Cain displayed hate for his brother on his face. Did you see that? Did you see that passage? God said, why, why is your countenance down? And Because, you know, hate is something that's hard to mask. And boy, if any generation knows about masks, we do, don't we? And there are some things that are hard to mask. Hate is hard to mask. You know, like when you really hate something or someone and somebody says to you, what's wrong? They say, what's wrong? Nothing. Have you you ever said that? What's wrong? Nothing. Which means everything. But that's exactly what hate will do. That's what it was doing to Cain. He hated Abel. He hated him. He could not see, understand why God would be favorable to his brother. You know, he might have said in his heart, when he took his field trip for premeditated murder, he might have said, well, if it wasn't for him, I'd be just fine. It wasn't for that, so-and-so. I'd be just fine. Hated him. Or if he said, you know, Abel, he, he thinks he's so good, he thinks he's so perfect, and and and. And what hate will do is it, it will restrict you. It, I mean, you'll be able to go a little, a little ways, but before long, it's going to restrict you. It's going to pull you back. It's going to tether you. And he began to say these things about his brother. Another, another thing you might say, if people really knew about Abel, no one would like him. I can't believe God had favor on him. If, 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 anybody, if mom and dad really knew what I know about Abel, huh. You think God would have accepted his little sacrifice? This is what hate will do, man. It just cooks up all kinds of things. Another thing is shame. This is what Cain had. Cain seemed to have no shame, right? But he did. He did have shame. Because when you bury something under hate, it comes out like blame. 
And shame will absolutely tie you down. He, it's like he was saying, well, well, don't blame me that his blood's crying out. Don't blame me, God. Yeah, I know you said his blood's crying. Don't blame me. And so shame has this way of tying you down. He says, he says I'm not in charge of my brother. I'm not in charge of him. He's out of control. I don't claim him. I don't have anything to do with him. You ever had people in your life you don't want to claim? Come on, somebody. <laughs> now you guys are getting, yeah, you're getting pictures in your mind, yeah. So we see shame later. Look at what happens. After Cain gets busted, look at verse 13 and 14. Look at it with me, if you will, in Scripture. 13 and 14, he says, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer. Whoever finds me will kill me. He's saying three things here. He's saying, number one, I can't handle it. I'm alone, and I'm afraid. I can't handle it. I'm alone, and I'm afraid. Those are three really sad things to say. They will bring shame. He's making the same statement that Job made, but it's under different circumstances. Job could not help what happened to him. Cain absolutely could. And Job said, the worst place that I could ever be in the world is, in, is, is uh, absent of God's presence. And people talk about hell. Eternal hell and damnation. And we've heard sermons on it all of our life. And, and you know, in, in hell there's going to be the worm that doesn't stop eating your flesh and the fire that never goes out. And preachers preach these things because it's true in the Bible. And they think that's going to convert people. You know, hey, you want to stay away from the worms? Don't go with the worms or the fire. So come to Jesus. But you know what? The worst thing about hell is it's absolutely void of God's presence. There is no presence they're in eternal damnation. And so shame, shame, he says, it's more than I can bear. It's more than I can bear. What, what, what's the punishment for his sin? Because Cain didn't repent, he became a wanderer on the earth. One commentator actually says, this is where we get the word wanderlust. It's where it originated. Oh yeah, it seems great the first few times that you get that passport stamped as you're going in and out. But then, before long, you just want to go home. I mean, has anybody ever traveled, like you've racked up some airline miles, you've traveled a lot, like, and, and, and at the end of the day, you just want to go home. You know, I just want to see my front porch. I want to go home. And, and Cain never got the opportunity to go home. He's just always wondering, 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 always getting that passport stamped, always having to go from here to there. The ground, I think this is interesting, that the ground, it says, is no longer going to yield its fruit to you, Cain. You're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to coax it out because you're a wonderer. And it gets old fast, and he wants to go home. Where is home? The presence of God. He's banished from the presence of God, not because God's hard, or because God's merciless, but because Cain is stuck in another thing called pain. Rhymes with his name. Pain is another thing. Cain, Cain he feels the pain. And you see this in his family. All the way through their line, um, the tie of sin is handed down. It's handed down. And, and they, we, we see this if you, in, in, the, in the latter part of chapter 4. You can see how... It lists, in fact, did you know Methuselah, the, the man who lived, lived the longest? Let me help you there. 
because that ain't going to stay on my skinny leg. There we go. And that's how we do. I mean, we want to situate everything in our life, right? Like if I'm going to be tied to this, I at least want to be somewhat comfortable. I at least want to try to have a little bit of control. Now, I can manage this. I can manage it. I mean, I know you see ropes on me right now, but, but there, 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 there could be people right now, you got ropes just like this nobody can see. And we manage it. We have things to manage it, and we can pull a little slack there, and we can pull a little slack here. We, we can do things, you know, to try to lighten the load a little bit. And some days we think, well, I'll just get closer to it so it'll loosen up. And yet the tension stays there, doesn't it? He's going through pain, and it says that his family handed. Now, if you, I mentioned Methuselah, the longest recording person in the Bible, living, the longest living recorded in the Bible. And for him to have pain that was handed down because of his father Cain, that's a long time to deal with pain, isn't it? Another thing is to rebel. The word rebel is also rebel. And Cain's great-great-grandson is Lamech, if you read it there. And it says that Lamech killed a man, and then he built his justification because he said, remember, God said, whoever tries to kill Cain, I'm going to avenge, avenge them seven times. And he said, well, hey, if, if, if granddad gets seven times, I get 70 times. If it's good enough for granddad, it's good enough for me. If he gets off the hook, so do I. And so he begins to have this rebel mindset. Well, I'm just going to rebel. I'm just going to make my own way. I'm, just I'm tired of what everybody says, what everybody thinks. And so we're, we sort of build this, these, we, these ties. We step into these ties, and we're like, where, 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 where's this coming from? Where's this coming from out of our heart? Now, this, this last one is tricky. There, there probably were more ties, but when I read this passage, I saw the tie of law. Of law. And you say, now wait a minute, the, the, law. Yeah, Cain was banished as a wanderer because he builds a city called Enoch after his son. He has a son called Enoch. And so he's trying to achieve by law what his sin has tied him down to. He's trying to achieve by law what, what sin has him already nailed down, tied down to. He said, well, God told him, you're going to wander all over the face of the earth. That's my neck meat. That's okay. You're related to pain. Not Riker, law. We absolutely have to have law, don't we? Law and order. I am so thankful that the United States is built on Judeo-Christian values. And that our forefathers, who was led by many men and women, but namely a man by the name of Abraham Lincoln, that said, no, we're going to outlaw slavery. You know why? Because slavery is outlawed in the Bible. God didn't bless it. He didn't want it. He didn't want his people to have it. 
but there are laws that protect us. But the laws that I'm talking about that are around me right now are the laws that we make up for ourselves. They're laws of religion. And we say, well, if I go to church enough, if I pray enough, if I know enough scripture, then I'll be okay. And, and so we, we create these things. And Cain tried to create a law. Now look at this. He was banished as a wanderer, but he builds a city called Enoch. Why did he build a city then? If he has to wander, because when you are held back by your own law and your own uh, way of thinking and your own assumption, you, then you are going to try to create boundaries even at the expense of anyone else. You're going to try to create regulation, law. This is how it has to be. He tried to, he tried to tether himself to Enoch. I want to live here. God said, no, you're going to have to continue to wander. You're going to have to continue to wander. What a, what a sad place to be in. What a sad place to be in when, when you, when, when I just want to step into, and this is what holds us back. You know, we're like, we, we hear an announcement at church. God's going to do something. Yeah, I know he is. And, I, and I'm following you, pastor. Hang on just a second. I'll get there. And we, and we got to take that step of faith. But what's holding us back? Well, a lot of things. See, because I can manage just one of these guys, but I promise you right now, as built as I am, and as ripped, they could take me down. <clears throat> I told them beforehand, please don't take me down. We don't, need that we don't need the illustration to go that far. But I can't take them all. I might be able to take one of them on. Maybe. Andrew. I think I could take him on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He'd take me out. I've seen his wrestling mat at his house. <laughs> He's got skills. But we think, well, I can manage. But you know what? For Cain, this is just five examples of things that he had on his life. But you know what? Many of us, we've had to live through hundreds of these things on us. And it stems from past and it's present. Somebody can, somebody can offend us, and we can have hate in our heart, and we can go to a church service, and somebody say the wrong thing to us, and we can walk out with this around our arm. And then when we get to church, and they, they encourage us to clap, and it's a little harder. And the tighter these things get, man, it's a little harder, and it's a little harder. And no wonder we don't want to. No wonder we don't want to. I'm not saying that because you don't clap is because you have things tied to you. I'm saying for me, my personal experiences, I've had things tied to me and I've not been able to worship the Lord. God desires for us to worship Him. Uh, Genesis chapter 4 is all about a worship experience that was followed up by a murder that then led to Cain being tied for the rest of his life. I don't know about you, but I don't call this living. I don't call this thriving. I wouldn't even call this surviving. Because of all these things that are tied to me, I asked one of these guys, I need you to go real easy on me. And it's this one right here. 
because creating your own regulations, and we live in a society that wants to do it. We live in a society that wants to define everything that God's already put definition to. We live in a society that if you offend me, then I've got something to get you out of my way. And God says, you know what? I want you to be free from all that. So how do we, how do we get free? How do we receive freedom? How do we receive freedom? Pastor, would you come? There's only one way. There is only one way to finally break free. We're talking about breaking the ties, breaking free. God wants us to be free this morning and not just for today. God does not want us to break free from ties that we have just so that we'll leave this, this room and have another one snapped on to tether us back. God wants us to be free. The only way to break the ties from the past and the present is through Jesus. I want to say it again. The only way to break the ties of the past and the present is through Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the way. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. You can pull harder. You can, you, you can really try and say, I'm going to break free. I'm going to break free. I, or I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I can manage five. But from this point on, I'm not going to let any more attach to me. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let addiction. I'm going to lay them down. I'm not going to let any more attach to me. But you can't do it on your own. Galatians chapter 3 says that Jesus broke the curse. Did you hear me? Galatians 3 says Jesus broke the curse. He broke it off. He said, I don't want my kids tied up anymore. I don't want my kids tied up. I don't want them held back by those things. Cain, he, he, that's why God was saying, hey, sin is crouching at your door. It literally means lie at the door. Now, all of you moms are going to know what I'm talking about because my mom used to say this, would, would somebody please get these shoes out from under this door? Has anybody ever heard that? Now, in my mind, I thought, Mom, those shoes are not under the door. They're by the door. But don't ever say that to your mother. <laughs> not the time to get smart. What she means, it's in the swath of the door. And why does she want the shoes away from the door? Because they will cause you to trip. And, and for something, if it causes you to trip, that's one thing. But if it causes you to fall, that's another thing. But then if it destroys you, what hope do you have? And I'm telling you this morning, we have hope through Jesus Christ. We have hope through Jesus Christ. Galatians 3, Jesus broke the curse. That's why if you feel tied, if you feel tied, listen, you can just say this. You can just begin to say, thank you, Jesus, for breaking the curses and ties off my life. Thank you, Jesus, for breaking the curse of pain off of my life. Thank you, Lord, for breaking the curse of shame off my life. That's when you can have freedom. Thank you, God, for breaking the curse of law off my life, of religion off of my life. I want relationship with you, God. Thank you, Lord, for breaking pain off of my life. God, I don't want that anymore. Lord, I don't want to live with shame anymore. Thank you, Jesus, for breaking that. We want to break it ourselves. We can't. We can't do it. Jesus Christ came to do it and only He can break us free. So that then, when we are broke free, then we can say, yes, now I'm free to run. Now I'm free to dance. Now I'm free to live for you. Now I'm free to do what God has called me to do.
Don't have to live with those ties anymore. Stand to your feet, if you will, please. Some of you need to say that this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for breaking these curses off of my life. Some of you are living under, you're living under the curse of Cain, not because you did something that was, that is, is, uh, is wrong, but, but there was someone before you, like Cain, Lamech, was, one, was his great-great-grandson. Enoch was his son. And they had to live with what dad did, with what grandpa did. But you know what? You know what? Jesus came to sever every single one of those curses. Today's the day you can say, you know what? I don't care what my heritage is. God is setting up a new heritage. He set up, I got news for someone in here. God set up a new bloodline because Jesus said, this is the cup of the new covenant. I have a new blood for you. Blood to cover you, to atone you. So lean into God right now. I want every eye closed in this room because I believe God wants to break a curse. He wants to break the pain. He wants to break the shame. He wants to break the, the religious law. He wants to break all of that. He wants to break the hate. You're, you've been dealing with hate. You've felt it. And you don't like it anymore because it's like hate and bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person gets sick and you want to be free from that. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for folks right now. And I know this message, it, 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 it hits very, very close to home for some. I don't know who, I just sense it in my spirit. I just sense it in my spirit. There are people who say, yes, that's me. I've had things, and maybe, maybe you're closer to Cain right now. Maybe you have done something, and the shame of what you've done is too much. And you say, God, this is too much for me to bear. I got news for you. You have hope. If you're the perpetrator, you have hope. It does not matter. God loves you. He wants you to repent from that. He wants you to turn from your way and run to Him. Draw near to Him. Lean into God right now. Thank you, Lord. Some of you are waiting for a response, but God's already responding to you right now. I just pray that whoever this is speaking to in this room, that you just begin to feel the embrace of your Heavenly Father physically around your body. He is not assaulting you. He loves you. I just pray that you would feel Him embracing you right now. Embracing you. That's how you would know this is speaking to you because you can feel the embrace of God. And for some, it's been so long. It's, it's been so long. Or maybe this is the first time you're feeling the Holy Spirit just wrap His arms around you. Thank you, Jesus. 